The Connected Hospital is a podcast that covers current topical news and trends about health IT, new technologies in the industry, and the challenges faced in today's fast-paced hospital and healthcare environment. This podcast is targeted for health IT leaders inside and outside of the hospital. Now for our host, John Mason, and today's episode. Welcome to a special episode of The Connected Hospital. I am Reed Smith typical co-host of Touchpoint, a podcast about digital marketing, patient experience, uh, all that kind of fun stuff. But today I wanted to introduce uh, the conversation you're about to hear, which is between Lance Lunsford, Chief Marketing and Business Development Officer at the Texas Hospital Association, uh, and Nicole Passage, who is the Vice President of Market Development at Collective Medical Technologies. I had a chance to uh, have them sit down and visit a little bit last week uh, at the Texas Hospital Association's annual conference. Collective Medical, they're, they're a software company, they're growing fast, they're actually creating some really, really great uh, pieces of software uh, where they can work with hospitals and payers alike to identify at-risk and complex patients and through that collaboration, uh, make better care decisions. And so you're gonna hear Lance uh, and Nicole talk a lot about that today and the opioid crisis and some of those types of things. And so I think this is gonna be a great conversation, something that you'd be really interested in hearing. If you're new, if you haven't been listening, uh, be sure to check us out online. Touchpoint.health is the website where you can learn more about this show and all the other shows on our network. And uh, thank you, thank you for listening. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We certainly appreciate all the support. So, without further ado, I'm going to turn this over to Lance and Nicole and uh, enjoy this conversation. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast on the Touchpoint Media Network. I'm Greg Matthews, the host of the Data Point Podcast. Data Point is all about how data and analytics are driving healthcare innovation today and in the future. If you enjoy this podcast, I think you might want to give mine a try too. So when you finish up here, head on out to touchpoint.health and subscribe to the DataPoint podcast. You also want to check out some of the other great healthcare podcasts there as well. Have a great day and thanks for listening. All right. Well, I, I appreciate uh, Reed getting a talk. We're at the THA annual conference and this has been, uh, uh, it's always a great uh, time to get all of our hospital members together. And, and also, you know, like any expo, there's always going to be uh, a number of vendors that are, are pretty unique and interesting. And um, I know at this one, we're, we're excited to talk about one of THA's endorsed partners, which is uh, Collective Medical Technologies. They've been in business for a while. We've been in a partnership for uh, less than a year now, but we really uh, created the partnership because of uh, the the value proposition that they present for managing uh, the at the point of care of the ED, um, being able to manage some of that population that you might see frequently. Uh, but then it became really relevant with the onset, uh, or I should say the onset of the awareness of the opioid epidemic. And so that's really been something that's brought attention to collective. So Nicole Passage with Collective Medical, I appreciate you kind of here to, to talk. And again, an extension of the partnership that can, continues to go well. I think the best thing that, that I really look at when it comes to what Collective does is, again, empowering that physician in, a, in an integrated way. And so not requiring them to leave the EMR where they're already doing work and go sign into another interface or 
um, somehow transition their operation. And I think that a lot of people forget that um, a lot of times we talk about employee satisfaction or physician satisfaction. And we think that that's, yeah, I think that parking has a lot to do with that. But I think we're also forgetting that what they're really wanting is to be able to spend more time quickly doing their job. So anything that we can do as administrators to remove those operational barriers is one of the the things that I think needs to be top tier priority. If you think about what you do on a daily basis and think about those little things that just get in the way, how much you would give uh, to get those cleared. Imagine a physician who just really wants to provide that care or a nurse uh, provider at the point of care that, that, that just wants to be able to get to their patient, and get them what they need. And I think that's what's great about collective. So mm-hmm. um, tell me when a patient presents in an ED, what do you think? Uh, there's a variety of use cases, but yep. big picture, what is it that collective does um, when when it, that when a patient presents at the ED? And again, there's a lot of things. So how would you describe that? Sure, sure. Well, thank you, Lance. I I'm, I love uh, talking about this topic first and foremost. But you know, from Collective Medical's perspective, our, our Eddy platform, uh, you know, essentially allows these providers in the ED to collaborate with other providers in real time. So, uh, from a use case perspective, when a patient uh, arrives at the ED and they get registered into the uh, the, the EMR of the hospital, uh, immediately, um, you know, the system will go out against our, our network. And our, our network extends to uh, uh, 22 uh, states. Currently, uh, we'll, we'll be expanding that even further uh, in the coming months. And it looks at, identifies who that patient is, and it runs real-time risk analytics on that patient against, again, this, this very wide, wide network. And we look for things like uh, patterns of utilization. Has this patient been, for example, to the ED, you know, five times in the last, you know, five months? Um, have they been prescribed opioids or narcotics from um, uh, multiple providers or, you know, even one provider, you know, multiple times in the last, you know, X months? Uh, for example, is this patient at risk for re-emission? Uh, that's another thing that, that we look at. And... If this patient meets any of the you know numerous uh, risk analytics that we're running, then the the staff in the ED will get an alert uh, right within their native workflow, which is typically the track board of the EMR, uh, indicating that there is there's something that they need to see on on this patient. There's there's you know some sort of they meet some sort of criteria that they this patient has been deemed a, a complex or, or high risk patient. So and I think that I've been kind of uh, a party to a couple of your pitches now and presentations to some uh, CMOs uh, at large systems too. Um, and it's interesting. They always go to the same thing. What does that alert look like? We go right to it. It's amazing that it's right there in a tab, very clean, kind of the that whole process. Um, but when it comes, what what is the use case then, or or how does it work? What's the flow when that patient presents in the ED and they are uh, re- readmission risk? What's what's kind of the scenarios that y'all see? Uh, sure. Uh, so let's we'll say you know patient John uh, for example. Let's say that he was uh, at a, a skilled nursing facility and had and had just been released. Um, Eighteen hours later, he presents at an at an ED. Let's say for example, he's dehydrated. Well, immediately when he, he, he presents and those risk analytics, again, it, you know, takes a second or two for all of that, that to run. The, the risk analytics are going to pick up that he was just released from 
uh, ABC sniff 18 hours before. So the, the staff in the ED, first and foremost, they're going to have an alert uh, that lets them know that John was just released on this date and time from the SNF. So they're going to know that he's at risk for readmission. But also, because our network extends beyond hospitals to post-acute care facilities, behavioral health facilities, primary care physicians, etc., the skilled nursing facility will also get an alert in real time that John has just been registered at the, the ED. Well, what if that, that SNF isn't in that hospital system? It's, you know, you said it's uh, throughout the community, but what, what if that skilled nursing facility is owned by a completely different entity? Uh, it, it doesn't matter. We work with, uh, we work with all, all SNFs. In fact, we have uh, contracts with all the leading EMRs for, for the SNFs, which covers about 80% of the SNFs in the United States. Uh, to have them on our network. Okay, so and and that and so this is important because uh, that leads into the opioid discussion. So that's been the area that's gotten you a lot of uh, attention lately. Um, so and you know Texas isn't at the top of the list of concerned states when it comes to opioids, and that is that it's a it's a major issue for any state. It's a major issue in Texas, but when it comes, our population is not as at risk as, as some other states, but nevertheless. So how is it that y'all are collecting this information then in the opioid space? What is it that that, what is the risk that's calculated there? And, and I guess, how does a physician or a provider um, respond when they see some sort of risk? How is that at risk assessed? Sure, sure. Good, good very good question, uh, Lance. So, um Again, going back to the, the risk analytics, one, one thing from the opioid perspective that um, that Eddie really solves, first of all, it takes the bias out uh, of of a patient. Uh, you know, for example, it doesn't matter how the patient is dressed or, or what their background, the, the, the data doesn't lie. So it's looking at, um, again, for example, has this patient been prescribed opioids? We are, uh, our Eddie network also includes in the state of Texas uh, a, a link to the, the state PMP. So with the state board of pharmacy, um, the information that they're providing in their database on, on prescription drugs that have been filled, we get that same information. And so we're looking at that when we're writing the risk analytics to, just, to determine, you know, does this patient already have a prescription for opioids that's been filled? Have they been prescribed opioids by multiple providers in the last you know, X amount of days? Um, so we, those are things that, that, that we can see. But in addition to that, we also include in the Eddie report um, you know, specific care guidelines where other providers can go in and, and put in specific examples of you know, this patient having um, drug-seeking behavior, for example. Or also, we look at, does this patient already have a pain contract uh, that's in place by another doctor? Those can also be, be accessed. So those are things that, that we are examining in order to determine whether or not there's something suspect about this patient that they're seeking, they you know, have drug-seeking behavior, and the ED docs need to be aware of that. So, and that really falls in line with some of the the kind of the KPI that hospitals are looking at. The, has, this, uh, has this individual, has this patient sought? Um, within five days, um, opioids from with uh, uh, five providers, um, um, and and uh, so that so that kind of falls in line with some of the things that are setting off alarm bells. But I like what yeah. you said about being able to kind of get rid of the biases that exist with all of us when we mm -hmm. see these individuals, because again, 
that is what's fascinating about some of the the opioid epidemic is that it transcends some of the visual bias cues that we all have for individuals and that it's affecting a population of people that we don't really associate with being drug addicted. Absolutely. You have the, um, you know, very nice dress, very put together soccer mom with three cute little kids in tow who has a, you know, a sprained wrist and is in a, a lot of pain. And you may, you know, again, the bias is, oh, she, you know, she's not a drug seeker. But again, the numbers, the, the data doesn't lie. Um, she gets registered. The doctors can see in a, in a one-page, very synthesized report that, you know, this woman's been to literally 20 EDs in the last year. She has, you know, two different uh, opioid prescriptions by two different prescribers that have, have been filled. Um, there, there may be a, a pain contract on file. There may be notes from another provider indicating that she's, she's drug-seeking. And, you know, you, you talked about, too, what can the providers do with this information specifically around the opioids. Um, I know of, of, of several uh, uh, doctors and, and other ED staff that they'll actually show the patient the, the ED report and will say, I'm sorry, I can't prescribe you uh-huh. these med- medications because I see that you already have two prescriptions for these. I see that you've already, you know, been to these three different EDs in the last three days. And they share that transparency with them to, you know, to explain to the patient why not. And then they'll say, let's get you some help. It looks like, yeah. you know, you've got a, a problem here with, um, with opioids. Yeah. And that, that's interesting because that then once again, is taking a step to allow that physician to be empowered to do what they're trained to do um, and, and exhibit some compassion to, to identify that, and and have some empowerment there exactly um and that's that's i guess one of the more interesting aspects that i hadn't considered uh up until now and again a lot of those conversations if you're just going on a hunch are difficult um, to have and the only other option previously if they did have that hunch was to pull back on their total uh allotment their total prescription amount so that they were just I guess, decreasing the dose. So, um, and again, that's not exactly, um, feeling like you're, uh, you know, not particularly causing harm. Right. Um, So, right. And I'll also speak kind of to the, to the opposite, uh, side of this coin. Um, you know, people who legitimately do need pain meds, um, for example, patients who have a diagnosis of, uh, sickle cell anemia, it's very appropriate for them to be on pain meds. I know several doctors in the ED are reluctant to prescribe um, any type of opioid to somebody who claims they have sickle cell when they don't, uh, or claims to have sickle cell, but because they can't verify that diagnosis in a very timely manner, you know, they'll often not want to prescribe that. I've seen um, uh, care recommendations in, in EDI where other providers have confirmed, yes, this person, this patient does have sickle cell anemia. It is appropriate to prescribe them pain meds, and here's the treatment cascade that we recommend. That way the the ED doc feels comfortable prescribing that when needed because somebody else has verified that diagnosis and and indicated that it's it's safe to do so with this patient. Right. Well, um, like I said, I think it's 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 an amazing uh, product primarily because it comes naturally integrated. Your implementation timeline is not like what everybody else. Uh, I know that everybody now is coming in and say, oh, integration will take it. It's super easy. It's super simple. But um, in this particular case, it usually is. And I, 
there's so much demand uh, on our IT teams and our hospitals, and they've got a queue of projects that are just mm-hmm. constantly waiting, um, thanks to uh, the high quality systems that EHRs uh, provide. And I, I, I guess I, uh, in audio, I don't think anybody would pick up the, how facetious I just was there. <laughs> but I do think that um, the, the the approach that you guys have for that implementation is is pretty straightforward. Well, and I appreciate you saying that. It, it is, uh, I, I spent 16 years of my career working in EMRs. And so I have a, you know, a sense of how not quick some Im- implementations and integrations can be. However, uh, one thing that's uh, pretty useful to know, we ask for a pretty thin slice of data from our hospitals that we work with. Specifically, we ask them to just provide us with ADT feeds, which is a, a pretty light lift from an IT perspective. Um, and then in terms of the integration, we're, we're EMR agnostic. We work with every major you know, EMR um, uh, out there, and we have build guides already set up, it's, or, and we provide those, obviously, to our customers. It is a, you know, in, in the big picture, it's a very simple, uh, yeah. simple integration. It's, a, it's you know, a, an, an icon on the, on the track board is all. Yeah. Well, I think what's who are you seeing um, when this moves through a hospital in, in the most efficient way? And I, I mean, we all know how difficult procurement is um, mm-hmm. of a, a new innovative program, product, or service. Um, but who is usually the most successful within a hospital once they get motivated to say, hey, Collective is really going to be a major solution for us. We really need to move forward with it. I mean, are they CNOs? Are they director level? Um, someone to shepherd this through the process, through procurement. What, what do you see? Yeah, that's that's another good question. You know, these these use cases resonate with lots of uh, folks at the hospital, but the kind of the, the primary drivers, at least from from my experience, have been the the, the CNOs, the CMOs, uh, quality directors, and the the ED directors. Um, you know, those are the the clinical staff that really really push this ahead. But I'll also just you know mention. Um, uh, you know, oftentimes too that the CN, the CFO will get uh, get involved because there's there's definitely a um, an ROI associated with this. Once you have the collaboration with these other providers, we have uh, ample evidence to show that high utilization decreases. Uh, there's a disproportionate share of high utilizers tend to be those who are self-pay or or not insured or um, insured by. Uh, Medicaid or, or others that have a, a lower reimbursement rate, being able to collaborate yeah. drives that down and and saves the hospital money. So it's a it's it affects a lot of people, but you know your primary um, clinical drivers are going to be the CNO, CMO, uh, quality directors, etc. But the, I, I underscore that the, the CFOs get pretty excited about yeah, this too. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I think once they get their hands on it. Well, and you reference some attributes there that are really inherent value propositions where there's it, it's going to disrupt the flow and decision-making, uh, the operations in a way that, that uh, are going to present financially uh, some, some advantages that you don't have to overtly, as a provider, make conscious decisions. It's just going to affect that behavior. Correct. And I think those are that's the amazing part of this. So I appreciate you talking to our members and, again, to be at the annual conference and, and again, to read for uh, bringing us all together to, to talk about it and hopefully bring some more hospitals to the table. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. This show is made possible in part by the Social Health Institute. 
Through research and partnerships with healthcare organizations around the country, the Social Health Institute explores new and innovative ways for hospitals, healthcare organizations to develop and enhance their social media and digital marketing strategy. To learn more about the Social Health Institute, visit them online at socialhealthinstitute.com. That's socialhealthinstitute.com. I hope you'll continue to come back, rate the program, review it, uh, let folks know about it, and and uh, we'll bring you some great, uh, great conversations. And if you have some things you want to hear in particular, let us know, and we'll be happy to uh, to try to get those guests or get those particular topics on board. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.